Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varley, founder and CEO of Project Purple and host of the Project Purple Podcast. We have another interview for you coming up with a very special guest after a few updates here. I always say quick, but these aren't quick. It's crazy. We are already more than halfway through 2023 as we record this, and we are on pace for another record year. 2022 was our best year ever, which is just, I'm blessed. We're blessed here at Project Purple. And we just want to thank everyone who has supported, donated, or participated in a Project Purple event in 2023. We look forward to the next couple of months as we hopefully do set another record and make 2023 our best year ever. Many of our fall marathon teams are full. It's so freaking crazy. Uh, but we still have a couple spots left in our Twin Cities marathon team, our Detroit full and half marathon and 5K team, our Chicago fall half marathon team, and our newly added South Norwalk half marathon and 5K that happens in South Norwalk, Connecticut in the fall. We also have our virtual event, Work Harder, It's Not Chemo, coming up here in August, as well as in person in Park Ridge, Illinois, our annual Horner Hustle 5K, which happens on August 19th. Another really exciting new event for us for those that live in New England, or if you want to fly in for this, um, you can as well. But coming up in, uh, excuse me, on September 16th in Hartford, Connecticut, is our new Urban Repel series over the edge at 90 State House Square as we go over the edge 14 stories for Project Purple and to raise awareness for pancreatic cancer. To learn more about all these great events, visit our website at projectpurple.org and make sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date on all things Project Purple. Without further ado, let's meet our special guest today coming to us all the way from Houston, Texas, pancreatic cancer survivor, Israel Garcia, Israel. What welcome. up? What up, Dino? Purple, <laughs> Project Purple, baby, up in the house. I love it. I love it. So, uh, on, and oh. congrats, real quick, congratulations, man. Those are some big numbers, bro. Well, we're, y'all making moves out there. Hard work pays off, as I say. That's good, man. You guys are doing a lot, of, a lot of good stuff out there. I'm really happy to hear you know, that your projects are moving along and, and hopefully they get better and bigger for you guys, you know, keep it going, man. Well, that's the goal. As we were saying before we hit record, we were playing catch up here. Uh, and, you know, it's a lot of work, but we're trying to, you know, raise as much awareness and as much funding for research to help patients. So the more and more that uh, we raise, the more and more we can do. It's, I, I don't know, it's not rocket science, as I usually say. I know. Like, hey, more people involved, the, the more things you can accomplish, man. Absolutely. And it, to see that, man, it really, it's very inspiring and admirable. So I, I appreciate it. I know I do. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I know we were talking before we hit record and um, as big as the world is, it's really a small world. And I know um, one of our former guests here on the podcast, Tommy, um, who I know we've yeah. we've promoted a couple times on social media, really amazing story. Tommy Alvarez um, out yeah. of El Paso. Um, I believe you guys connected. And I think I saw, now that I think about this, I think that's where I saw uh, kind of his post on you about you fighting and and you know, doing what you're doing with pancreatic cancer and just kind of inspired by it. I always say, Israel, like anytime anyone comes out publicly and talks about this disease, it's so special uh, because you don't have to. And 
we're yeah. going to talk about this here in a second. Even in your line of work, you don't have to yeah. either. Um, yeah, in what yeah. you do day to day. Um, yeah. so I, I think, you know, you said, uh, it's inspiring. It's, it's inspiring to have complete strangers come out and cheer like the lowest or the lows or, you know, what they're going through to help other people and to raise positivity and awareness for this thing called pancreatic yeah. cancer. Absolutely, man. It's been an interesting, like, uh, a revelation for me, honestly, a personal revelation of how, how, how much people are more connected. I think there's a lot of like, there's fake division, you know, it's not real, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not real. There are more people care about each other than there are people who are separated, whatever it is you want to call it the media, or I don't know what it is that you want to blame, but th there's more people that relate to you than there is people who are against it, you know, or against you. So I I've learned a lot through that process of, you know, kind of sharing my, my, my journey into this thing that happened to me and, it's been incredible, man. It's, it's it's so impactful in my life to have people reach out to me or give me advice or they're praying for me. I don't even know who these people are and they're yeah. just sending positive vibes and it's just motivating. It's just fuel for you to, you know, keep doing that. So it's, it's been, it's been, it's been good, you know? Well, that's, a, that's something that you said just very powerful in the sense that, uh, <laughs> I'm giggling here, but you know, like there isn't division. I think people really do care about other people, regardless of your orientation, sure. regardless of your faith, your your race, um, your politics. Like at the end of the day, and I, I think there's a lot of negative uh, feeding into that. Clearly, there's there's always going like to be. Be scared of everything, or don't be that, or these people. And it's like, no, it's not, dude. I, I'll be first. I'll be the first one to say I've traveled the country. All I'm a standard communist, so I've traveled all over. 90% of my experiences with human beings in all states are friendly, nice, kind. You know, there's a lot of good people out there. There's more good people than there is bad. You know, there's always a deal with some guy, but Correct. Uh, for the most part, it's all good, good people, man. And, and we all want to do good for each other. And, and it's showing like with Project Purple and, you know, how many people are getting involved in supporting the cause. And there's so many people out there that are invested in, in, in making a change, you know, and, I want to just be a part of that. You know, it inspired me to do get involved more and learn and, and, and spread as much what I've learned to other people, you know, and through that, it helps another person and that other person learns. And then, so it becomes this web of, of just spreading out information and knowledge to everyone else, you know, and it's only helping everyone, you know, so. Paying it forward. Yeah, exactly. So let's get into your story here and, and uh, you know our first segment here on the podcast at project purple we always allow our guests kind of the opportunity and i know you know you are a comedian you, you've been on the tour you got a, a pretty sizable following on social media not everyone may know your story um and this is kind of always our our first segment like i said is our guest opportunity to kind of share their journey with pancreatic cancer so with that i want to hand the mic over to you and uh, I'd love to hear more about like how you got diagnosed, like, you know, how this journey's been for the time you've been on this journey with this thing called pancreatic cancer. Yeah, I mean, I'd be more than glad to share it. Um, uh, well, first of all, yeah, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm, I'm originally from El Paso, Texas. And then um, I was coming back and forth from San Antonio to Houston. I, I'm working with a, a really good comedian, good friend of mine named Chingo Bling out of Houston, Texas. Check him out if you guys have a chance. He's been he's been really instrumental in um, my journey. He's helped me out a lot. And um, 
So big shout out to him. But uh, I've been going back and forth. And uh, um, this year was it was interesting because I've never been to a hospital. I've never had any health issues at all. Like I've always been a pretty healthy guy. Um, and then one day, and it's all when all these things were amazing things were happening. It's always when you're like, everything's working, going my way. I got the, you know, my 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 tour. I'm touring all over. And then that that maybe like about a month before I got diagnosed, I got booked in Japan and North Korea. So I was going to be my first international comedy tour. And I, was, I had been waiting for that forever, for years and years. So I was like, it's all coming together. Like finally, like all the great things, you know? And then one day out of nowhere, I get my, I'm at home and I was with my girlfriend at, at the time. And she said, um, you, you look, your eyes look yellow. And I was all like, what? My eyes look yellow. She's like, yeah, you have like yellow eyes. And, and she's a nurse. So she was like, that's not good, you know? And I was like, what? So I scheduled an appointment with a at a local clinic. And then I went in and he he didn't know what was going on. He noticed it. He, he thought it was hepatitis. It wasn't hepatitis. You know, I had nothing with that. Then he said, maybe it's your gallbladder. Then he checked my gallbladder and it says, I don't think it's your gallbladder. And, and again, pancreatic cancer is difficult to detect. You know, that's why you have the the statistics, I guess, that you have because it's it's difficult to find before they gets turned here it gets worse. So I didn't know. And so at that at, after that, I was like, that was about two weeks, and I was like, this doesn't. I, I can't wait. Then I, then my skin started to get yellow, and that's when I was like, I need. So I just went to the ER, and I went to the ER where my girlfriend was working at, and um, and they took me in. You know, and then that's where it all started for me. You know, the whole testing, they had me there for like six days or something like that. Like I wasn't eating, they weren't letting me eat. They were poking me, keeping me up all night, checking up on me, doing all these tests. And then, you know, finally, uh, you know, after the, after those days, they came in and they, and they, they, the nurse came in and she was like, you, you, you have pancreatic cancer. And that just was like, it was like shell shock. Like I couldn't even, I remember when, when they said that I couldn't even, I, I, it's like, I was numb. I don't know how to feel. I didn't, I couldn't understand. Like, I was like, what? I just, you almost don't understand. Like I couldn't grasp it. That I was like, I have cancer. Like what? Like what, what's going on? You know, like this doesn't make any sense, you know? And I remember like after that, it just, everything went black, you know? Um, it was probably one of the most hardest things that I have, I've ever gone through in my life. You know, um, I didn't, I think when something like, it, when something like that happens to you, you kind of don't, you don't know how to cope. You don't know how to deal with it. It's just so, so much information that you, that you're getting. And they're like, well, we need to start you on chemo. We need to fix this. We need to apply for the benefit. So it's just like once it's like a great, it's like a race. Mm -hmm. As soon as it starts, it's like boom, you gotta run. And you know, I'm, the whole time I'm trying to do that, I'm trying to deal with it mentally, you know, because I was out here in Houston and you know, my mom and my dad came out and they were taking care of me and stuff like that. But it, within those first two months, it got real. I went into a massive depression that I, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Um, it just, it just got dark because being a comedian, I'm not used to being in hospitals. I'm not used to being sick. I'm not used to, 
being the guy that has bad news. Like I'm the funny guy. I'm the guy that makes everybody laugh and makes them. So it was like a whole change of like, you know, pace for me, you know, and now I'm in hospitals and everybody's I'm used to comedy clubs. You know, I'm not, I'm not used to, I'm here. I'm here to, you know, the comedy clubs are so opposite than a hospital is. They're so opposite. So I'm like getting used to this whole hospital thing and, you know, doing chemo and doing all those things. And when you're in that situation, I couldn't, I was trying to mentally get myself out of it, but I couldn't, I couldn't find anything to hold on to, to give me any type of like, uh, like hope, like I, it was just like this dark place. I couldn't find anything good in it. In other words, I couldn't find anything good in it at all. I'm like I have cancer, I'm sick, you know, I have all these things that are happening to me and I couldn't find any, any silver lining in it, you know? And for about two months, I struggled with, with a lot of depression. It got really bad for me. I couldn't, I didn't know what to hold on to, you know? And, um, and I wasn't telling people that much about what was going on and I was just kind of keeping it to myself and um it stayed that way and, and there was just so many things that I was going through and I I got to a point where I was so bad for me that like I, I just almost kind of gave up you know I got I got to a point where I I truly started to give up you know my mind wasn't there I was cashed out um just shattered in a way you know and as as that's happening my body is now um, following my mind, you know, my, 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 cause my spirit, I'll try to explain it how I, how I got, how I came up with what is my body started to give out. I started to lose weight and I wasn't with pancreatic cancer. When I first got diagnosed, I, I lost like 40, 50 pounds. So I was already like, man, this isn't good. I'm already a thin guy as it is, but I lost more. And then when I when I got uh, diagnosed with cancer, it, it just it kept losing weight. And then I would lose more weight and I would lose more. And every appointment that I'm going to, I'm losing more and more weight. And I don't understand why, because I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying, and just nothing is happening. I got at my lowest point. I got to 98 pounds. That's how bad it got for me. And I didn't understand why. I was like, why, why, why is this happening? I don't understand. They got to a point where they were really worried about it. You know, and they were like, you you could possibly have cachexia, mm -hmm. which is, is something that could happen to you. Yeah. And that's not good because then, then, you're, then you, your body shuts down and you're going to die. So right. they were really worried about me. And I, would, I, was, I was like, what's going on? Like, why is this happening? You know, I, I couldn't find it. And what I realized is like, it was my spirit was broken. And if your spirit is broken, your body's going to follow suit with your spirit, you know? So my, since my body was broken, I was depressed. Your body just reacts to your emotions, to your energy. You know, I realized how important that is now. I, I've always known it, you know, where I'm like, well, if you're positive, that, yeah, I, I know that. But when you actually see it for yourself and you experience it, the actual, like how real it is, like, if your spirit is broken, your body will not heal. You have to have a, a strong spirit to allow your body to heal and get better and to get through things. You know, I understood that, you know, and, and, and that time when I was losing all that weight, I, I, I got to a point where I gave up, like, and I, and I remember one night I like got, I gave up and I, and, and I remember I kind of like talked to God and, and then 
I was like, you know what, God, like, I, and I kind of was frustrated more than any, it was a, a frustrating rant to God that I had. I had a moment of complete, just like, I yelled, I was in my room and I was like, do whatever you want. Like, I don't care anymore and do whatever you want. You control whatever you want. Cause this whole time I'm trying to control everything. You know, I'm taking care of my relationship. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my mom and my dad. What I got to do this. So this whole time I'm doing everything. And the more I'm doing that, the more I'm trying to take control of things, the more it's imploding on me, you know? And I didn't understand that. I'm like, I'm trying, but it's not working. And that's why I got to that point where I was like, you know what, God, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm trying to do what you want me to do. I don't know what you want me to do. At this point, I was like, do whatever you want. And I don't care anymore. I don't care. I just angry rant. And I fell asleep. And the next day, and I can't explain. I, I, I don't know if people are going to call me crazy. They can call me crazy. But I, I know my truth. That's my truth. I woke up the next day. And I woke up at like 8 in the morning. And then I grabbed my phone. And there was this song by Greta Van Fleet called Meeting the Master. It's not a Christian song. It's, not, it's, not a, it's kind of like a spiritual song. I, heard, I liked it. I was like, oh, cool. It's a really good song, you know. And then... Halfway through during the song, I'm laying in my bed and out of nowhere, I heard a voice. And I don't know. I can't explain it. It wasn't my voice. It wasn't my subconscious. It was none of that. I can I know what I heard. And, and I just heard a voice that said, get up. That's all I heard. Just this voice that just told me, get up. And as soon as I heard it, I just got up. And then I put on my pants and as I'm putting on my pants, like all the answers, all the things that I was bothered by, all these things that were worrying me, everything was gone. Like all the answers were in my head of what I needed to do. Uh, all these things that were worrying me, I already had the answers to them. Like it was like this. It wasn't an instant. It wasn't like a process. It wasn't like anything. And I just followed it. You know, I went that day, I went to my mom, mom, dad, I need you guys to go back to El Paso. I'm going to figure this out for a little bit by myself. Boom, sent them back. My relationship, I had to take care of that. And all these other things that I had going on, like, I just, I don't know. And after that day, literally, it's just my whole psyche, everything did a 180, complete 180. I got up, I started running, I started using my bicycle, I started doing all these things, and then I started going live, you know? Once I started to go live and started sharing my story, people started reaching out to me. People started saying thank you or tell, giving me advice that I needed to hear. And then it's just once I got that, then it was like I, it was like a rope that was dropped down to me from the cave. And I just latched onto it and it pulled me out of there. You know, it pulled me out of there because I was like, there's something good in here. And that's what I was struggling with. That I couldn't find anything good in this situation that I was in. But once I saw that there's so many people out there that, that are reaching out and saying, thank you for sharing your story. I had people calling me, Hey, can you talk to, you know, can you talk to my wife? She, she, she got diagnosed and I, I need somebody to talk to her. She's depressed or another person. I'm depressed. I just need somebody to talk to because I'm this, I'm sick and all these people. And I was like, Oh my God, like it was overwhelming. The amount of, of people reaching out to, to communicate. And, and from there, I was like, there's something good in here. And if there's something good that I can utilize to help others, then, then that's all I need. You know, and I found the silver lining that allowed me to cope with this 
and, and to manage my path to do something good with it, you know, and that's, that kind of just kind of led me to everything that I have. And like, it even got to, we're now going to be recording a comedy special on August 13th at the El Paso comedy. I never imagined. I couldn't even write a joke. <laughs> like I was so far gone. And now I'm recording a comedy special on August 13th at the El Paso Comic Strip. So, you know, that kind of like led me and I'm like, if I can do this, if I can do these things, then people are going to see and they're going to watch. And hopefully it helps them to get through what they're going through, you know. So that kind of is up to date as to where I'm at right now. It's so powerful. I mean, <clears throat> I know we were talking before. I mean, I've, you know, 250 plus episodes. I've talked to a lot of survivors, probably over 100 survivors. And I, I, there's a lot of common themes that I find, Israel, and a lot of them. And, and one of them, you know, mentioned faith. Um, but then also, like, there is like, and it's not a tipping point, but it's this point where, like, people realize, like, they can do this. And, and absolutely. For those listening, you know, I don't know if you, if you understand, if the people really can comprehend that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because I, I mean, I've never gone through cancer, but I've had times in my life where you you go through that. Um, but it's nothing like battling cancer, right? But I, I but my point here is like from talking to people, a lot of them share very similar experiences where they reach a point where they realize like, okay, like there's a, there's a flip, there's faith, there's something, but we can't we we can say it, but until they actually go through it, that's yeah. when it happens. Yeah, and it's not easy. It's it's, no. it's it's not easy. It's extremely diff. It's extremely challenging to get up. It's like learning to crawl, and then you crawl, and then now you walk, and, and then you run. Correct. But I, I I can see it. I can see it destroying people bad. Yeah. You know, um, it it has the complete ability to do that. But you have to kind of, you have to have massive amount of strength to get up from it. Like you know, but it's possible. You know, and once you do that, that that's only going to help you in getting through it. You know, so I, I feel very fortunate. I mean, I know some people have been that have been sick and, and they're still not. I don't want to say that they're stuck because, I mean, it's, there is no, oh, well, come on, you can yeah. do it. You know, everybody's different and, and not and, and nobody's wrong. Some, sometimes people take a little bit longer. Some people are sick right now. For, they've been sick for longer and they're depressed. I know a lot of them, you know, but to me, it's always been about like, I just feel like two months to me was was more than I than I than than I than I could have done being in that 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 place of just hopelessness. It's hopelessness. Yeah. It was just complete hopelessness. And and it's new. It's a shock. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what that meant. You know, it's new about pancreatic. And the first thing you do is you look up, you go on to Google, you know, and there it is. You see your statistics and all that. And you're like, oh man, even when I got diagnosed, that was one of the hardest. Heart, well, not the diagnosis, the staging laparoscopy was also one of the most intense weeks of my life of that week when they're like, we're going to do a staging laparoscopy and then we're going to determine what stage you're in um, in your cancer. And I, I saw like, you know, I think the, you know, the, I don't even want to say a statistic, but, you know, they're pretty high for stage four. Mm -hmm. Um and so I was like, oh, man, like, here, I can't, you know, that's not, I'm not going to be one of the lucky ones, you know, start putting stuff in here. It's just negativity. And um, by the grace of God, you know, mine was caught a little bit early, sort of. They, they staged me at stage 2B, which is still 
um, uh, for it to be resected. So I can still have resectability, um, which is kind of it's kind of hard to, to catch it early, you know. And, and that's why I think bringing up uh, awareness and stuff like that as much as we can can help push, you know, push the thing a little bit so that maybe we can find ways to to diagnose people a lot earlier and and find it, you know. So I got really lucky at stage two B where we are right now, you know. And for the listeners and the watchers that don't know you, you're young. How yeah. Old, how old are you? I'm 30, I'm 36 years old. Okay. So, and I'm not making excuses for any medical profession because I think no matter what, like they should recognize if someone's yellow that like, Hey, something's not right. And one of them is pancreatic yeah. cancer. So, and I also feel like in the last year I've met a lot of people that are like, we've had guests. I just had a guy who was 28. We've had 32. Oh. Um, you know, uh, so we've had people, we were just out, uh, I know a guy who's in his mid thirties, uh, that, that lives here in the U S as well. So I, you know, people are out there and I, I, you know, I think the, the thought process five years ago was like, ah, it's an old person's disease. Not that, yeah, it, absolutely. you know, it shouldn't like it's cancer, dude. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but I, it's the, yeah, it's the, it's known to be cancer when people are in their olders, when Correct. they're 60, 70. You know. But that, but that's, that's false. And I know there were some recent data, even there was a, there was a very good report actually that came out beginning of the year that talked about females, actually young females. Um, they're seeing this massive rise in young females for pancreatic cancer, which was kind of fascinating because again, we were interviewing people over the last couple of years that were, that were not old, they were young. So, I just want, I've got a question. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about treatment where you are right now. Prior to all this, and I know this is always like a loaded question. It's, it's, there's no right or wrong to it. Um, and it's not something that to beat yourself up on. But now that you know what you know, could you look back and be like, hey, like, yeah, man, there was like that week that I had like crazy, like indigestion or like I was rashy and I took that Benadryl and it like took care of it. I mean, I've, 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 I've thought about it, you know, um, but there, I don't, there wasn't anything like that. I, I mean, I had heartburn. Um, maybe I remember there was a time where I did have heartburn and I would take stuff, medication, like, like over the counter stuff, you know, but then it went away for like a whole year. I didn't get it like at all. But huh. the year before that, I remember getting it and being like, man, I have heartburn, but it was real minimal heartburn. It wasn't intense or nothing like that, but I would feel that, you know, kind of a thing, but never where it was like, and I would take that heartburn medication, go away. So it wasn't really like anything I thought, you know, I, I don't know. I, I never had any symptoms that I felt like were, I need to be at the hospital or get it checked out. It just never occurred to me to do that you know i guess I, I i would encourage people if they do have something like that to get it checked out but i mean as far as anything goes you know i don't know i i really don't know i asked them like when i got diagnosed like how long have i had this like how long has this been happening yeah. they're like you probably have had this cancer for about two years um one to two years they said but i can't really put my finger on anything to be honest i don't know i know that i did the uh my genetics test yeah i did a genetics test and I came out positive for the ATM gene. So you have ATM. Okay. So that, that was my next question then. So from a family history standpoint, like, what does that look like? Do you have cancer in the family? Has anyone ever had pancreatic yeah. cancer? 
not pancreatic cancer, but on my dad's side, I he's had um, his dad died of cancer, his mom died of cancer, um, his his niece died of cancer. So there's like about three people on my dad's side of the, pan, uh, the family that had that had cancer and, and passed away. Wasn't pancreatic though. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I had my mom and my dad going to go get their genetics tests already. So we're going to have to wait on their results to see which one has it. And if they do have the ATM, then we can get that information over to um, my my brother and my sister so that yeah. they can get checked out too. So, I mean, that's something I highly recommend anybody who's going through something like this or knows anybody or if you know a family member, a parent or something that has pancreatic cancer, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you um, get that checked out. You know, it, 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 it could save your life. I really highly recommend getting a genetics test big time. Well, and I feel too, that's like one piece that has really improved over the last couple of years is knowing these genes and, and, you know, uh, I'm sure they've probably talked to you a little bit about this and we'll talk about this now as we go into like what you're doing right now in terms of treatment, um, you know, with, with certain genes, uh, there are certain protocols that work better than others. So, uh, there, there's some hope there and, and we've had plenty of people on, on the podcast that were like BRCA positive, yeah. um, that have actually done fairly well. Um, you know, the, the, the one challenging piece is like, it, I wouldn't say that for some that the cancer then is eliminated, but it's always like, okay, so what's the next thing? right? Like what's the yeah. next thing that we need to do? It's kind of like there, there's a little bit of a plan more so that with ge- the genetic piece, because I think we, I say we, the medical community has figured out, you know, the, the proper protocol for like the BRCA and some of the other gene mutations. But I honestly think Israel, like we're just scratching the surface on this stuff, oh, um, you know, and, and that's where, you know, to your point, as you said, you know, awareness and, and, you know, awareness brings funding, you know, for research, we've got to do more. Um, and, you know, th- there are alternatives out there as well in terms of treatment. And so with that being said, what is your treatment looking like right now? Cause I know we were talking a little bit before the year about some of the things you're doing and, and whatnot. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as treatment goes, they decided to put me on uh, Fulfirinox. So they have me on Fulfirinox right now. Yep. And it's, it's over the three days they give me the, the little pump, the chemo pump that I take yep. home for two days. Then they take it off. So it's about three days of chemo that I go through every two weeks, which is, I mean, at first, like, it's funny because in the beginning, I was like, oh, I got this. Like, I got, but the more you do it, you start getting complications and then you start feeling it. You start being like, oh, okay. Like this, ooh, it's getting a little bit longer to recover from it, you know? And um, so they, they've had me on, on, on chemo right now. Like they're had me on chemo. This is going to be my seventh. The next one coming up is on the seventh. I have a CT scan, which I haven't had since the, um, since I got diagnosed. So CT scans are always really important for people with cancer. So they can determine, you know, if, if the treatment's working, if it's not working, what can we do? You know, spread all that type of stuff. So that's going to be a huge day for me. Um, if anybody could send me positive vibes, I, I appreciate it. Um, but, but from there, we're really going to determine what steps we take, you know, de- determine from those, from those results. But they have me on that, you know. I mean, I'm doing some other stuff on my own too, you know. Um, I, I take as many vitamins as I can take every day and, 
you know, it's hard sometimes to work with because they're very, I don't want to say that they're strict, but they have a protocol that they go by and anything outside of that, they're not going to accept it. They're not going to say, maybe we could look into it. Maybe we could find, mm-hmm. no, there's nothing like that. You know, I got lucky with one doctor who really put in some work and he's like, yeah, I want to look stuff up. And, you know, he kind of was real cool about it. Um, but it's very rare that you're going to hear a doctor kind of listen to what you're saying. You know, they have their strict way of doing it. And if, and if it's not what they what they do, they're not going to accept anything, any type of vitamin supplements. They're just going to deny it all the way. And that's where you kind of have to make, you know, you kind of have to look out for yourself and be an advocate for yourself. You know, because at the end of the day, it is your body. And, and, and you know, I, I, I work with the medical industry and the doctors and, I, you know, I, I cut back on a lot of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm doing all the stuff they want me to do. But I also feel like there's more that we can do for ourselves that they're not able to they're, they're not able to speak about or talk about or recommend for whatever reason. But um, but but that, you know, and so I've been doing that. You know, there's a lot. I take a lot of supplements and stuff like that, too. To help. And it helps me. I don't know. I can't say it because it does. Like when I take those vitamins and supplements after chemo, it helps me recover quicker because it's vitamins, you know, and, and, and when you get when you get when you get put on chemo, chemo kills you. It's what's happening. It's killing your bad cells and it's killing your good cells. Correct. And, and it, you need something to help you regenerate that as quickly as possible so that you can be ready for the next one. You know, and I've noticed that, you know, I think taking certain things and supplements is something that we need to look into more deeply and, and, and research. I always recommend anybody to research all the kind of stuff that's out there. There's a lot of good stuff that can help you get through it, you know. So not that we're advocating that people take this without doing their own research, but no. yeah, for, yeah. for what's working for you, what are some of the supplements you're taking that you have found through your own research and through what you have done, what's working for you. And I always say this, um, you know, what we share here on the podcast, is it medical advice? We're not giving anyone medical advice to go run to the, the compound pharmacies or anything like that. No, everybody's different. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Everybody is different. different. Everybody. And this is the thing that I always tell people is like, everybody is an individual. Correct. What works for one person might not work for somebody else. And, and you have to be, you have to know that you can't be like, oh, well, this guy said this and that's what it is. This is what's <laughs> going to do this. It doesn't work that way because everybody, everybody's body is different than everybody else's, you know? So that's where you have to kind of find what works for you. If, if just doing what the doctors say, then that's great. And, and you feel good about it. All for all means go for it. If it's making you feel good, you know? Yeah. And um, that's the way I feel about it. You know, there's certain, uh, uh, you know, I'm just, and the thing with me is I just take supplements. It's nothing real fancy. You know, I, I got into like, you know, um, uh, uh, CMOS, you know, I take CMOS every day. I take, um, gaviola leaves. Um, that has helped me out a lot in the last couple of months. I just feel really good when I take the leaf. Um, um, just things like that. Try to take as much natural herbs, you know, um, I started taking, um, I mean, I'd be going kind of hard though, man. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't know what kind of podcast this is, but, but I do like, you know, ivermectin, you know, yeah. I take one ivermectin a day, you know, it doesn't do anything to me. I don't, I don't feel anything wrong. So I take a little ivermectin and fenbendazole. I, I've taken fenbendazole before, um, a lot of vitamin C, a lot of vitamin D. Um, I was in like Mexico when, I don't know if I, I, I told you a little bit about it. I went yeah. to Mexico, got some medication at a, at a clinic, big shout out to I think it's called Chipsa. 
C-H-I-P-S-A, um, they're a hospital with American doctors who decided to um, work their own way um, outside of the medical industry. So they have a hospital out there in Tijuana. They've been really good with me and they've helped me out a lot. And um, they've, they've, they've been extremely helpful in, in my journey. And um, they got me on some, some high dose vitamin C. Um, they recommended uh, vitamin C and vitamin K3, mm -hmm. which is not over the counter here in America. They don't recommend it or prescribe it here in America. But there is research that they've that they've done and with patients that had that it has worked. So um, they gave me the the right amount for me and for what I'm going through. Um, and I'm I barely started taking it, so I don't really know. Um, but just things like that, you know, I, I like trying stuff out. And if I don't like it or if I don't feel good, I, I move it along and find other things that might work for me. But for the most part, it's all natural supplements. Most of it is just you know things like that that I've been taking that that. I mean, I'm just doing what I can, what I feel is right, you know? So, and that's what I recommend for everybody else. And you're seeing positive results from all this in terms of, I know you mentioned before, like you're actually, your appetite stimulated, like you're eating. My appetite, you know, I mean, uh, THC uh, tinctures, I got the, uh, oh my God, it's called the, there's a, there's a formula that they've used and ah, man, I'm having a brain fart right now. <laughs> um, it's not the GERS, it's, uh, no, it's the... I forgot what it is, but there's a ratio of THC that you take that has, that helps, yep. you know, so there's these little tinctures that are different yep. ratio. And, um, I take that, you know, and that, that helped, that helped me out a lot with my weight gain, you know, that had me, that helped me out so much with my appetite, like, and, and sleep, you know, insomnia, I've always struggled with it. Yeah. And especially when I got sick, it was just, I was up all night. I, I couldn't sleep, you know? And I mean, obviously that feels depression. Yeah. You wake up late. You're not in the sun. You don't want to go out because you're trying to sleep. And then by the time you wake up, it's 4 or 5 p.m. The sun's already going down. Yeah, yeah. And you're just in this, this this mode. You know, you're in this mood of just, you know, and 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 it, and, and, it, and it messes you up, you know. And so when I started taking that, it helped me out a lot, you know. And, and um, unfortunately, here in America, they don't, it's not very, at least in my, my situation, they don't recommend it. They won't even look at it. They won't even, they don't even have an opinion on it. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I, I there has been some data, but not enough, right? Because THC's been around here for you know hundred years, right? And but it's fascinating. Um, I have found, um, and then, and again, I'm not a medical expert, but I feel like a lot of times when when people go down that road, there's the synthetic, and I always say like it's not really the real thing because it's a synthetic. Yeah. You know, they give you the yeah. the pills, and I don't know if that's like a pharma thing. <laughs> Or, I, uh, yeah, you know we're, where, and but we've had plenty of people that have come on that have talked about the benefits of using THC straight from like a dispensary or you know from other ways that people get it. Which again, I'm not advocating because you know that's that's not our place. Uh, you know that's personal what choice. we're saying. Yeah, it's personal choice, or, or I should say, like we don't want get anyone getting arrested in states that it's not legal to do. Um, but yeah, in a lot exactly. of states, as long as you get your card, you can go into a dispensary, right? Yes. Um, but we've had people and I've known people that have had amazing results with it. So as I've said before, we hit record, like my job's not the judge or the jury, our job's to inform. And, you know, if there's people out there that are using it and having and receiving benefits from it, if it's appetite yeah. stimulation, if it's sleep and, and you bring up something that's really, really critical, man. Uh, I think here Israel is like, you know, I think we always get focused on treating the cancer but there's like this recovery in this aspect. And you mentioned mental health a lot here. 
um, yes. which I, I guess I'll put the, the, that brokenness, that spirit that was broken. That's like, you know, I put that in that mental health box, but then there's also this physical aspect, right? And it's almost, you know, it's like a world-class boxer. Um, you know, oh. you need that recovery, right? From these fights, like you're constantly going in every week and having this chemotherapy, which is like this 12 round knockout drag out fight. Yeah. And you got to have your body recover and sleep is important yeah. for anyone. Um, you know, nutrition is extremely important. Yeah. So if you can find ways to help you with those two things, which are critical in fighting yeah. this thing, it's a, it's a win-win. Yes, absolutely, man. I think what you just, you just said it right. You actually nailed it on there. I think it's, it's highly, highly important, you know, and you know, it is, it, it, it the more and more I'm, I go through chemo, the harder it, it's, it's a fight exactly like a boxing match. And you're just like, Whoa, like, boom, I'm on my six chemo and I'm already feeling it like, man, like it's, it's your bones hurt. Yeah. You know, I'm starting to get headaches. You know, I'm getting nauseous, more nauseous. I yet I guess I feel like throwing up and I haven't had those before, but it's just the, as you go further down that, that path, it's, it becomes hard. And, and, and I do, I try to figure out how I can, can recover for the next one. Yeah. You know, cause you, you, you get it. It takes you a week to get better Then the next week. Boom. You're, you've got to sit down and go through it again, you know? And so those, those, that week is very crucial for you to be ready for the next round. You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. They so, even call them rounds. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you have a round of yeah. chemo. A round of chemo. <laughs> yeah. It's like a great analogy. So. I got to ask a question. So this has all been within the last like four months for you, right? Within the last this four is, months. So yeah. this has been like, you've been turned upside down, yes. right side up, back and forth 13 yes. times. So Almost. you're a full-time stand-up comic. How, yes. so did you, what happened to Japan and South Korea? Oh, it's everything, everything. I was on tour. I, had, I mean, this year I started to really um, kind of, I've been doing stand-up for about 15 years. Wow. And um, I I mean, professionally, uh, maybe like about five years where I'm like all the way full-time stand-up comic. Um, and uh, it's, it's been, it's all I've known. I, I've been doing stand-up comedy longer than, I, than I've been <laughs> in school. You know what I mean? That's all. I started when I was 19 years old. Wow. You know, but I knew that that's what I was going to do. And, and I knew it was going to be a difficult path. I think going through the, the the struggles of being a comedian has given me the strength. You know, a lot of strength came out of, of that. That I, I went through so much trying to make a dream come true because it's not easy to do something like that. Yeah. And you go through so much, so much beatings that, that, that you get, you know, through the whole you know, you're traveling six, seven hours for a show and then only they only pay you $50. So you're just getting to go in and come back and you're coming out even, yeah. you know, if, or now you come out losing because now I got to pay for food. You're not going to pay for my hotel, none of that, you know, but I knew I knew where I was going and I knew I was going to get there. And it took me like over 10 years, but I got there. You know what I mean? And I, I've been doing stand-up comedy. That's all I've ever known. So when all of this happened, I, I was just, everything stopped, you know, everything completely stopped. I, I lost my humor. I lost, I couldn't be funny. I would be like, well, maybe I can write a joke or maybe I can. No, there's just, there was just nothing. I was just in such a bad mental state that I didn't see me doing stand up anytime soon. You know, it wasn't until I started getting better the day after the day after I 
heard that voice. The day after I woke up, same time, eight in the morning, I grabbed my, my, my phone and I wrote my first joke um, about cancer. I wrote a cancer joke. And I remember being like, what? Like I wrote a joke. And then from there, it kind of became like, well, I could still do this. You know what I mean? And then from there, it just kind of, it started to get me out of this and then kind of going back to it. Obviously right now at the moment, I can't tour, yeah. you know, or if I do, it's got to be within certain times. Yeah. You know, like normally when you go on tour, you're going on tour for two, three weeks and yeah, you're on yeah. the road. You're on the road. And that's yeah. my life. I've been on the road two, three weeks at a time and you're going to different city and traveling and going everywhere. And now that I have this, like it's a little bit debilitating, man, because it, it kind of slows you down. It forces you to slow down. And um, but I'm I'm trying like now to I'm barely coming back into it. Um, so I, I've been I've been trying to manage it. Like now I do feel a bit more comfortable. You know, I didn't do I haven't done I haven't been on a show since I got diagnosed. So it's been four months since I've been since I've done stand-up comedy, which is insane because I've never gone that long without performing. I've been performing nonstop for for over 15 years. Wow. So this is the first time that I, I just was like, I can't, you know, but I slowly I'm getting back in. And then I got my special on August 13th, right? Which I I which is extremely it's I knew when I took this on that it was going to be hard, but I think I was in over my head a little bit. <laughs> I know how hard it was going to get. Yeah. You know, I, I they were going to do a benefit show for me in El Paso. And I was just going to send a video like, thank you guys. I appreciate it. But one of my friends like, well, if they're going to do it, why don't you just travel over there and be on the show? And I was like, man, well, I don't know. Like I haven't gone back up, but then I was like, you know what? Maybe I can be on it. Then they're like, well, if you're going to be on it, you might as well record it. So no, like, well, maybe I'll just record it and then we'll turn it into a special. So it just kind of trickled into it. But I, I wasn't expecting like my, I had a blood clot on my jugular vein, which stopped me from practicing my set. The chemo knocks me out, you yeah. know? So I've only had about, man, honestly, I've been able to do maybe three sets since I got diagnosed for five minutes each. So I've been on stage for a total of 15 minutes at an open mic, which is, dead drunk crowds you know what i mean so i've only had 15 minutes to practice this special that wow. i'm going to be producing recording at the el paso comic strip and it's it that's insane plus i have new material that i've never even <laughs> attempted so i don't even know if it's gonna work you know what i mean <laughs> oh you'll find so out quick. <laughs> yes it's like this big undertaking that i that i that i put on myself and like I'm just put, trying to put it all together and I still got to go to my appointments. I got to check out my benefits. I got to recover yeah. from chemo, the jugular vein thing with the blood clot on my, that threw me off for like two weeks, three weeks. Um, and, and so it's just been all these little things that have been happening, but I'm managing it. I'm getting through the guy who was going to produce my special, which I had already locked in, just called me and told me that he, do, he can't do it. Ugh. Cause he double booked and I was like, no. So now I, I, he was, he was going to do it for free. And we had a whole thing going on. I was like, perfect. I don't have to worry about that. Cause I can't work right now. Cause I'm trying to get my benefits and get all yeah. that. So now I'm, I'm searching for somebody, you know, Paso or somebody to help me to produce this special. So now I have one week to come up with that. You know, and I don't know if what budget they have. I don't know if I'm even going to be able to afford it, but I have one week to find another guy that's going to produce this special for me. So it's just all this is happening and it's insane, but you know, it keeps me going, man. Like to, for me to even be saying that I'm going through it as hard as it is, 
but to say that I'm going through this and attempting it is is a statement, you know, and a testament of the human condition, you know, of the spirit. That even me just going through this and putting it all together, I'm I'm doing something that cancer didn't stop me from doing, no matter what. And it's not going to. It's not going to ever. Cancer will never, ever stop me from living my life. Even if I got to work around you, I'll work around you, but you're not going to stop me completely, you know. And that feels good, man. It feels good. I feel good that I'm able to attempt to do something as hard as it is, but I'm going for it. You know, and that's what I always try to motivate people who are sick or they're going through an illness or whatever it is that you're going through. You have more strength in you than you can even possibly imagine. You do. It's all inside of you. Like we have a limited, a limited amount of strength and power inside of us already inherited. It's already in you. And sometimes we don't know because we never get challenged. But when you get challenged, that's where you, you it comes out. You know, if you're willing to really go through it. You can pull that out of you and it'll get you through anything. It'll get you through all of the things that life throws your way, you know, and all it takes is for you to just challenge yourself to get there. You know, it's so powerful to hear you say that um, because it's a hundred percent true. And and I think sometimes we forget that, um, you know, from whatever distractions we have in our life. And there are a lot of distractions in the world to easily distract us. I got a couple questions left and then we want to share where our audience can connect and follow you and, and hopefully get involved in some of the things you're doing that you mentioned. One of the questions that I wrote down here, this is like a, these are like loaded questions. There's no right or wrong to them. Given your experience, you have 15 years in comedy, man. This is all you've known. And I always find like, I guess there's been some hate with some comedians recently about certain topics, but like, I always feel like comedy is always there to bring people up. Like it's to make people laugh. It's to be hot. Like most, most comedians are pretty positive in terms of their skits. Like, right. Like there's not like doom and gloom in it. So do you ever look back at like you, you know, you were talking about being like your spirit was broken and, and, you know, you had this hopelessness, but like your job for 15 years was to make people laugh and to bring yeah. this happiness into that. So like, you're like yeah. the consummate person of bringing happiness and joy into someone's life to complete strangers. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's been, I mean, I knew I wanted to be a comedian since I was about like nine years old. I already knew it. It was like a calling. It wasn't nothing, um, that I could explain or, 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 or it just, I already knew by the time I was nine. And then by the, thir- by the time I was, I wanted to make people laugh for the rest of my life when I was nine. At 13, I realized how you can do it. I saw stand-up. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's how you do it. Like you do stand-up comedy. And I just became like obsessed with stand-up comedy. Like, you know, yeah. I know people would watch sports and they had their athletes or whatever. Like my athletes were co- were comedians. Like those were my baseball cards. You know what I mean? And, and I told myself, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. I would tell everybody at school, my teachers, my principals, like, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. And they're like, oh, here comes Israel. Comedian. <laughs> but they didn't even realize how, how serious and like how dead serious I was with it. Yeah. So as soon as I got out of high school, you know, I maybe I think I waited like about a year. And then I started to just do open mics. And I was so young that I couldn't even like, I couldn't even go into the bars to try out material. I would be begging like the bouncers, like let me just let me, yeah. let me just do some comedy and I'll leave, like please, please. And I'd be like, I just want to do these jokes. And after a while, they got used to me and they already knew, like, all right, it's coming yeah. to you. So, but but I built and it was a lot, you know. But 
I was able to just keep, keep, keep it going from there, you know? And I was, and after that, I just started getting word out and then other things came up. And then the more I did it, the, the further I went along in my career. And then I just eventually got to a place where I, I was actually doing it full time, you know? And it was pretty neat. So do you ever look back? Have you looked back in the last four months and be like, man, like 15 years, I'm like the happy guy and like I, yeah, snap out of this, put, man. Yeah, like, it, it, you know what's weird? There, there's two things that I think I can, I want to say with, with that is I sometimes, because I've, I've, I've gained a, a big, strong faith out of this. That, that's one good thing that I have gotten um closer in my faith um and i feel sometimes you know you get put in situations that you might not understand and i feel like maybe god put me in this situation because that's where he needs me now you know because being in these hospitals and and to this day my biggest struggle right now i mean obviously besides battling cancer but like outside existentially is is that building that i go into all the time that emo building i still that's like my goliath you know every time i go in there i i can't like i still struggle with it you know it's just it, it's a sad place sometimes it could get really bad you know and what better person to be in there than a comedian you know what I mean? I go in there, I make everybody laugh just naturally, just by being myself. The nurses are in a good mood. They already know me like, oh, it's Israel. There's patients that talk to me and they know me as that a person, you know, and sometimes I feel like that's where I'm needed right now. And and that totally blew my mind, you know, that now it's like I, I'm not in the comedy clubs as much right now as I want to be. But I'm at this I'm in this other place that is just as powerful. And if anything, it's turned into something even more meaningful now. Mm. Now I don't want to just make you laugh. I want to impact you. I want to change the way you think. I want to wake you up, you know? And that's one thing that I really understood. And I, and I look back, you know, when you go through things like this, I mean, there's so many things that cross your mind. And, and you know, one thing that definitely has crossed my mind is you, you question your mortality. That's just something that everybody, we all go through. I know I think you think about that death and how much time do I have? You know, those are things that you, you, you contemplate, you know, and um, I've been able to do that, you know, and one thing that I really like got out of it, I look back at my life, you know, and I realized like all those times that I was broke, and all those times that my car would break down in the middle of nowhere and I didn't know who to call and I'm in some crappy town and I got to pay the tow truck all the money I had from the show that I made to go tow it somewhere. And it just gets me there. And I don't know how I'm going to pay the mechanic. You know, I went through so much. But looking back on it now in the situation that I'm in, I feel so grateful and lucky for the choices that I made with my life. Maybe they were crazy. Maybe they were insane. But I'm so happy that I got to do what I wanted to do with my life. You know, if I would have had a job that I hated, but I was there because it gives me a check. And now I'm living the paycheck to paycheck. And then I got sick. Right. And then now you can't do the one thing that you always wanted to do because now you can't do it anymore. You, it's, you cannot do that right now. You know, that should terrify people. The sickness shouldn't scare you. It's 
It's not that. It's what are you doing with your life? That should scare you because no matter what, something's going to get us. It's just what it is. Life happens that way. And hopefully we all live a long, prosperous life. But time isn't guaranteed to you. It just isn't. It isn't. And if you have something that you have to do or that you want to do, you better do it now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait for the thing to come at the right moment. There's no right moment. It's just now. You have to attempt to do that thing because God forbid something happens. You get sick. You get paralyzed. My friend, 20-something years old, just got paralyzed. You know, all these things. But if you're not attempting to do something that you're doing now, you, you don't know what could happen tomorrow. So that's one thing that I always push. And I'm so lucky that I did those things because I don't have any regrets. And, and if anything, it, me getting sick and thinking back on all of that has validated everything that I believed in, you know? So I'm not bitter. I don't have any regrets. I've lived an amazing life. I've traveled all over the country. I've seen things that I never imagined I would have seen. I've got to meet all my heroes, you know, in the, in the field. And I've just been able to do so many amazing things. So looking back on it, I'm like, you know what? I was right. You know, I was right with everything that I went for. And was it easy? No, but it's worth it in the end. You know, when you try to do something special or whatever it is that you want to do, it's just go for it now. Like try to attempt it, try it out. If you don't like it, then move on. But at least, you know, you know, at least, you know, at least be the person that's out there attempting something, you know. And and that's that's one thing that I, I, I'm i like, man, I was right. Like I was right, you know, and now I'm sick and I can't do it. But. I did all the things that I could do, you know, obviously you know, I'm doing now more things, yeah. but it's just different now. It changed up a little bit. Well, it evolves, right? But yeah. what, what you just said is like sums up life, man. Like, you know, like yes. how many people wake up every day and grind out that job that they hate, but they love the paycheck or they need the paycheck, yeah. not necessarily love the paycheck, but um, and, you know, commute, like I see it, like going into the city, like how many people really love going on the train every morning at seven o'clock in the morning and then coming back at seven o'clock at night oh, and they look God. so miserable, you know, their oh, health yeah. sucks and it's yes. a job, but like, you know, what you said is pretty powerful and, and not saying that, you know, there's a reason to all this, but to have that reflection and to realize maybe someone listening on the other side that, you know isn't in a good space hearing that you know puts them in in the better space where they want to be gives them the Absolutely. courage to do what they want to do and live a happy life and not be miserable or you know be exactly. in that, that position because you to your point and we've said this time is never guaranteed tomorrow's never guaranteed man we ne we, we don't control that you know you control no. today um and yeah. you can control that but tomorrow man you may not wake up or you may get yeah. sick or yeah. there may not be a tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. So powerful. My last I question here, Israel. Yeah. And then we're going to share uh, with our audience where to connect with you. This is a loaded question. There's no right or wrong. You know, 36 years old, the last four months have been upside down for you because of this thing called pancreatic cancer. What is your definition of pancreatic cancer how do you define it oh man how do i describe pancreatic cancer um it's kind of like uh i think i would describe it as um 
it's like a curse and a blessing at the same time. You know, you sometimes it's, it's a curse in the sense that nobody wants it. You know, it affects my health. It affects how I live my life. It stops me from doing certain things that I want. Um, it takes a toll on you. Um, every day I wake up, it's a battle. You know, I wake up, I have my days where I'm, you know, not happy. You know, I cry and, you know, it, it's, it's, it feels like a curse at times. Um, but in the same way, it's also been an, in a really messed up way. It has been a blessing, you know, and for me to say that now, if somebody would have, if I would have told myself that a couple of months ago, I'd be like, you're crazy. You're insane. There's nothing here, you know, but when you're able to find the positive, cause there's no positive in anything, you know, mm -hmm. and whatever it is that you're going through, you can always find something good in it. And it might be the most hardest thing. And it's hard. And I know some people might understand it because it's cancer and it's pancreatic cancer. But it has been a blessing because it's gotten like it, it clears up a lot of bullshit in your life, you know. And I had a lot of that. There's a lot of things that we, we focus on that doesn't really matter. It doesn't. There's all these things that we set our focus on. And, and got, getting sick like this has kind of cleared my view, you know, and I just appreciate things a lot more now. Um, I've gotten closer to God, uh, my family. Um, there's just a lot of things that, a lot of good things that have come out of it. And now I feel just so poised and driven and, and, and you know, it, it's cleared up a lot of stuff for me that has now let me live a more pure life, you know, and and so it's a little bit of both. I would describe it as a curse and a blessing at the same time because, you know, I, I, I feel that way. You know, I have been able to find a silver lining in the most darkest of places. You know, in the most darkest time in my life, I have found something good. And that says a lot about myself, you know, and to anybody that's going through that and feels the same way. I give kudos to you. I tip my hat off because it's not easy to get there. But if you're willing to be strong enough to get through it and you will, you know, um, it'll just change your life forever. And it's up to you to decide what, what is it going to do? Is it going to keep you down or are you going to do something good with it? You know, and I've been able to through the strength that God gave me. I've been able to get up, you know, and I and fight. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm in this battle, but I'm not, I don't feel weak anymore. I don't feel weak. I don't feel weak. I don't feel like a victim. I don't say why me, because why not you? What makes you any different? What makes you so special? Nothing does. You know, there's kids out there who have cancer right now. You know, there's kids right now, three, four, five, six years old in these hospitals right now, and they're dying of cancer or they're fighting cancer. So it, it's not about that, you know? Time is not something that's guaranteed. You shouldn't worry about time. I know I know some people are like, well, I don't have time. And none of us have time. You know, the, the time is passing. There's nothing you can do to control time. So stop worrying about time. That shouldn't be something you focus on because you can't control it. Hmm. Time is unstoppable. You can't do anything to slow down time. So why are you focused on the time? What you should be focused on is the impact that you've had with the time that you've been given. That's what you should be worried about. What are you doing with the time that you have? 
that should worry you. Don't worry about how much time you have. Worry about the impact that you've had with the time that you've been given. You know, that's a really important thing, you know, so that's what I've gotten out of all of that. And that's how I would describe what I've gotten out of my whole journey with pancreatic cancer. Man, uh, I got to be honest with you, Israel, for 36 years old uh, and to have this experience, uh, what you just said, and I always say there's no right or wrong to that answer, by the way. Everyone no, has their absolutely. own individual answer and how they, they've dealt with it, but it, it's just so powerful, man. And I just wrote that down, impact with the time you've been given, you know, and as as we were, you know, talking before we hit record and, and not that it's about me, this this episode hasn't been, but, you know, uh, before my dad was diagnosed, I was really concerned with one thing, making as much money as I could, you know, and yeah. then my dad gets this diagnosis and I was like, man... <laughs> Like, and I was making good money, but like, it yeah. didn't satisfy me, man. The cup wasn't there, you know, it wasn't filling my cup. And, you know, uh, it, it's just wild how things happen in people's lives. And it is a blessing to your point. And I truly believe that to be able to have that mindset and those thoughts and that ideology, because I don't think many people get there, man. I really don't. And it's kind of sad, um, you know, but yeah. it, it, it's really special. And I really appreciate you being honest and open and sharing your journey that you've been on so far. For our audience listening and for myself, where's the best place to follow you and, and follow along and, and to, to kind of follow the journey that you're on? Um, everybody can follow me on any social media platform on, I'm on all of them. You guys look me up under one bad comic. That's O N E B A D C O M I C. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. It TikTok. Um, I have, you know, a collection of videos and sketches and stuff that I've built up around, you know, over the years of doing stand-up comedy. So, um, I post up my dates and stuff like that on there. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where anybody can follow me. Feel free to reach out to me if, if you're going through anything or you need some advice or anything. Uh, that's what we're here for. And uh, I really um, I admire what you're doing here with Project Purple. I mean, from going I know from the little bit that we talked and what you told me what you've gone through, it's 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 commendable. I mean, you said a lot of people don't go don't get there, you know, and like something like you where you, you just said what you just said, you know, I mean, look how how life changes you know and 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 the thing that i always recommend sometimes i hear a lot of people thinking like well i can't do this anymore and and they're stuck on the person that they were but you're not that person anymore you know you're this person you there's a new version of you and we have to be okay with that you know because it's it's all going to be something good out of it you know your past changed and look what you're doing now i i, I don't know how it was back then but what you're doing now is a bigger impact on people on a daily basis. Like people like your, your company organization is helping more people than you even know. And you're impacting people all over the world. You know, you're doing all these changes and impacting people all the time. Like that's awesome, man. That's so cool to hear your story that way, man. And I, I appreciate it as a person who's going through it because there isn't a lot. I mean, I'm always any resource that I could find or anything like that is, is, is crucial for my growth you know, and, and to help me navigate this. So, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on and, and putting me on, on the spotlight here with you. And, and I know what you guys are doing there is great. And, and I hope we continue to build on it, you know, so thank you for having me. Uh, the pleasure is all mine, Israel. 
Thank you for being yeah. a guest on the Project Purple podcast and for sharing your journey with our audience. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, Dino. Thanks for having me. Love to be back. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Project Purple podcast. If you like today's episode, please share this episode and make sure to follow the Project Purple podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That is a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. <laughs>